Hello and welcome to episode 90. Hello and welcome to. Hello and welcome to the Nerd Out Loud podcast where we talk about. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Nerd Out Loud podcast where we talk about the things that you nerd out about and we nerd out about and everybody nerds out about. Today is June 25th, the year of our Lord, 2015. I am Jeremy Holmes and I am joined by my delightful, lovely co-host... Just kidding. No co-host this time around. Uh, we, Christy has a uh, very busy week this work with her day job. Uh, believe it or not, this is not what we do full time. Know that it's hard to tell from the production value and just the, the quality of the content that we're bringing to you consistently every week. But uh, <laughs> she does have a day job. And uh, unfortunately... It has kept her uh, away from the microphone this week. So uh, we did record an interview with somebody. We're gonna we're going to have an interview with friend of the show Christopher Schulteis, the ultra marathon runner who got into Western states, the Super Bowl of ultra marathons. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit with Jesse Dollimore in our critically acclaimed segment. Think critically with Jesse D. And uh, I think it's going to be a good show. So without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Hello? Hello? Christopher Schulteis. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hooray. You got to like put headphones on so you can hear him talking. Hi, Christina. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be in studio with you guys. That's so much fun to see your bright and shiny faces. Uh, we are joined here by friend of the show, uh, Christopher Schulteis. Hopefully it's okay if I use your last name. because It's fine because I'm going to give you my number so if people want to follow me uh, online. Oh. They can't, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna get out my number, so if people want to follow me online, they can. Fantastic. Okay, so yeah. this is friend of the show, Chris Schultes. We've had him on before. Chris is a runner, but uh, but not just any runner. <laughs> Chris Chris runs uh, ultra marathons because apparently he got bored with running regular marathons, which is twenty six point two miles. And that's correct. Now now he runs ultra marathons, which is anything more than that, right? Yep, as we talked about last time, if you right. just walk out your front door to the car and then run 26 miles, that is a technically an ultra marathon. Right. Okay, but most of the most of the races that you run that are considered ultra marathons are like 50k, 100k, 50 miles races like that. Yes, uh, 50k, 50 mile, 100k, or 100 miles, and now there's 200 miles, which I am considering doing someday. Of course, of course you are. Uh, so yeah. give us give us your stats. How many how many marathons have you run, and how many ultras have you run? Uh, okay, uh, that I'll have to think about. Um, I have done. I think I did. I've done about 
40 to 45 marathons. Uh, my fastest marathon being uh, three hours and 25 minutes. Um, and then I've done about 30, about 30 um, ultra marathons. This this next race will be my in my quest for 100 races over a marathon distance. This will be my 76th race that I'll be doing on Saturday. And and when you said this next race, you have and this is part of the reason that we're having you on, and hopefully we'll get a chance to have you on after the race to hear how it went. Uh, this next race that you're running is a race called Western States, which is kind of the the Super Bowl of ultra marathons. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. it's actually the the oldest race as well. Yeah, and so it's it's like like all the people that I would fo- like follow, like it's like all the professional football players that you would follow. That's like me with the ultra runners that are going to be at this race. Like, yeah, I follow them, and now I'm going to be. Standing them. with them on the line and starting at the same time they are. I, albeit I'll finish 10, maybe 12, 13 hours after they do, <laughs> like in t- twice the amount of time that they take, but I still get to, it's, that's one thing I like about ultra running is it's just like you are, uh, you're like just like another, the elite people are just normal, like people just like us. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they're just normal people. And it's cool that you can start with them. And they're sometimes some of them are hanging out at the finish line and watching the people who take longer than them because they respect the people that are out there longer because they have to be out in those conditions for longer than they do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the very first, uh, the very first race that I, I went to see you Uh, run. Was that Western, I do too. Western, or not Western States, the, uh, the White, White River. River 50. And that, uh-huh. that, uh, I don't know, is it Anthony or Anthony? Ant, Krup- Anton. Kikka? Anton. Uh, Krupika. Krupika. Uh, his, name is, his, his name is Anton Krupichka. Sorry. So this dude, this dude that literally looks like Jesus, uh, totally looks like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> super. Well, I should say looks like everybody thinks Jesus looks, uh, super yeah. thin, tall skin, skinny, lanky white dude with tiny no little shirt. shorts, tiny little shorts comes, uh, comes l- running across the finish line well before everybody else. He's got a big darly beard and he like threw on a pair of flip flops and then just hung out in like a lo- long lounge chair at the finish line and was like talking to people and. Yep. All that kind of stuff. That's why I, that's why I like that. I mean, that's why, that's why I retired from doing marathons because marathons to me is just a corporate mishmash of just, it's like you're a number and you're running and blah, you know, yeah. it's not even cool. It's like you do this and it's like a family, like they're normal people just hanging out and having a good time. I mean, drinking beers afterwards and having food and, and just enjoying you know, nature and the accomplishment of, of doing it. So, and, uh, you guys were kind of joking about you get a belt buckle <laughs> for finishing. I kind of, I have some of the history for that for you so you can kind of understand why they give out a, a belt buckle. And it's because of Western states because it is the oldest, uh, ultra marathon that it, it is in existence. Um, and it's the most prestigious. Um, so I can, you want me to start out with, 
giving out like a, the history of it, like yeah, how it started yes. and all that. Yeah, tell us. Okay, so in uh, I, I got this directly from the the website, so I'll just read it to you. Uh, in 1955, the late Wendell T. Roby, with a party of five horsemen, rode the Western States Trail from the post office in Tahoe City to Auburn, proving that horses could still cover 100 miles in one day. Through his energy and vision, he subsequently founded the Western States Trail Foundation and organized the annual Western States Trail Ride, also known as the Tevis Cup, 100 miles, one day ride. In 1974, with the inspiration and encouragement of Dracula, Dracula, uh, Barner, first woman to win the Tevis Cup and secretary of the Western States Trail Foundation, Tevis veteran Gordy Ainsley joined the horses of Western States Trail Ride to see if he could complete the course on foot. 23 hours and 42 minutes later, Gordy arrived in Auburn, proving that a runner could indeed traverse the rugged 100 miles in one day. So, yeah, that's um, how it started. There's this old guy, Gordy Ainsley. He, the way he tells it, and there's a movie called Unbreakable, the Western States story. Um, and he... The way he tells it is that he did the 100 miles on a horse that a guy sold him that was lame, and he didn't know it was lame, and it it came up lame, and he had to get off the horse and run the instead of his horse, like taking his horse with him. So he ran the course, and he finished it in under 24 hours, making the cutoff for that race. And because it was that, a horse race, it naturally would give out a belt buckle sure. to the finishers of the horse race. So that's how it became that you got a belt buckle for finishing a 100-mile race. So the, it literally a race that used to be done by horses, some dude was like, eh, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to run this. And now... Yep, that's exactly how <laughs> the crazy sport started. That's so. amazing. And, and one of the cool things about this is this guy, his name is Cordy Ainsley, because he uh, started this and he was the first person to do it, he is like, like like grandfathered into the race, and they let him start every year. And he has finished, I believe, twenty times, uh-huh. and he still tries. He still tries to get in the thirty-hour cutoff. Uh, there's a thirty-hour cutoff now. Uh-huh. He tries to get under that every year, and like I think in two thousand ten or something. Like that, he did it in like 30 hours and 45 minutes. He's like 68 years old today, Jeez. and he still runs every, and he still starts every year. Yeah. So it's, it's, he's, it's, he's crazy. And he's an old guy. He's got like this silver beard, and he doesn't wear a shirt, just like the guy we talked about at White River, um, Anton Kerpichka. And, uh, he, if he had hair that was like, not white. You would think he probably looks like Jesus too, because he's just like, like yeah. tan guy, and he's just like, he's such a weird free spirit too. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm hoping that I get a chance to meet him. Yeah, there. That's one of, one of my things that I would like to do and just say hi. How many people run the race? Okay, so that is uh, something that they have uh, a certain number they're allowed to have. They get 369 people, and that's because Back in like 1984, uh, that was the amount of people that they were allowed to have. And then they had this uh, wilderness area that's part of the trail, and they 
had uh, government wrote some acts saying that they could only, they couldn't have anybody run through this wilderness area, but because they had already been doing it, they got grandfathered in for the amount of people that they have there during that year. So they got 369. They get 369 every year. Um, and this year there was uh, 2,000. 2,566 people who applied to be in one of those spots. And so, is there, there's like a lottery or something? Yeah, uh, that's the, the way you get in the lottery. You have to do a either a hundred k race mm. or a hundred mile race sometime during uh, the year to be able to. So you have to run a hundred mile or a hundred k to even get in the race. You to can't eat, just sign up, yeah. be in the lottery, and get picked. Yeah. You have to do, it's kind of like uh, Ironman triathlons. They like they make you uh, do one before you can go do the one in Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii. You have to right. do a qualifying one to yeah. be able to go to that. So, so it's kind of like that. What are like, do you know like the course the course record and and what a, yes, a normal time is? and. Or average, I guess. None of it's normal. There's, there's probably no, and you know, just the normal time it takes somebody to run a hundred miles straight without stopping. I could tell you. Okay, this is. I, these are some of the people that are going to be competing this year, and there. I'll tell you just a, a little bit about them. There's one guy that's called. His name's Rob Carr, 38 years old. He's from Flagstaff, Arizona. He's. This is. You'll find this. You'll really enjoy this guy because he. uh he has a beard and he's kind of like a just eccentric kind of guy. And uh, people have there's I don't know who, but somebody has made a Twitter account for him that's called Rob Carr's Beard. <laughs> and it's somebody that tweets has this guy's beard. It's not him that does it because he doesn't know who even owns the account. Yeah. But there's one called Rob. It's called Rob Carr's Beard. I'll spell for uh, Rob C. Or K R A R S beard, and somebody's out there tweeting as this guy's beard. Uh, he won it last. He won it last year, and uh, he finished the race in 14 hours and 53 minutes, and that was only seven minutes off the 2012 course record. Wow! So th- that is pretty amazing. Um, like I said, that I'm, I'll be happy. Like okay, so that's say 15 hours he's finishing in half the time that the cutoff is so there's people that are going to be finishing close to 30 hours and he's going to finish in half the time that they did i mean that to me is insanely amazing yeah like i can't even i can't even fathom that at all it's like wow and what's your personal Um, record my personal record uh actually just did it in november uh i ran a race in uh alabama uh, it was called the Tin Hottie 100, and I I ran a 25:07, um, 25 hours and seven minutes. So that was my fastest, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to do better than that at this race. That's um, my goal. My goal for this race is to be under 24 hours. So sure, that's and my big my high in the sky goal. <laughs> do people get sponsored to do this? Because it seems like it might be expensive to fly to Alabama to run a hundred miles. Well, obviously I'm never going to get sponsored because I'm <laughs> twice so as slow. fast or twice as I, I get twice. I get two times more 
out of my money than those people in the front. <laughs> I get to be in the aid stations longer. I get to be on the course longer. <laughs> I, I get to get more for my money than they do. So they have to have somebody pay for them. Uh, no, that they do. There's people that are in the front. They are sponsored. They're they're sponsored by companies um, that are in the outdoor industry. Like uh, Rob Carr, he does. I think he's sponsored by the North Face because um, they they have shoes and different things that they produce. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's uh, Solomon Running is a big uh, sponsor in in um, ultra running. Uh, Nike has people that are that are um, sponsored. There, I mean, there's everything that people use. Obviously, they get sponsored by like sunglasses or or hydration vests or whatever. There even there's even some ultra runners out there that are sponsored by breweries because uh, with ultra running, like beer and food and running all kind of go together. So it's yeah. like there are some people out there that are actually sponsored by breweries. And there's, uh, I think, Mezcal. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Like yep. alcohol. I'm not, I don't know what that is, but there are, uh, there's a bunch of ultra runners that are sponsored by that company. So, yeah. And there's different sponsorships out there for those guys that are fast. Oh, I was just going to ask did you. It sounded like maybe you had some stories about some other people that are running the race. Uh, yeah. Well, just other ultra. Like I was just talking about the lady that won last year too. She, that she's from Bend, Oregon. Her name's Stephanie Howe, and she, um, she ran her race last year in eighteen hours and one minute, and that was the fourth fastest time in race history for her. Yeah. Right, for women. So 1801 for her. Um, and there's going to be tons of other people there that I'm really excited to hopefully have a chance to meet. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, for me, I, I, this is on Friday and they have like the check-in for the race and it's going to be like, I'm going to be like a kid at, on Christmas morning. Basically. <laughs> Where does it start? Where's the check-in? Okay. So it, that's, it starts in Squaw Valley up by Lake Tahoe. Okay. So it starts in the high country. Uh, I think it's, about 6,000 feet, 6,500 feet. Wow. That's the thing. My wife and I were kind of talking about this before. Like, people know that I run 100 miles, and they think, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. But the thing that they don't, a lot of people don't understand or don't know, don't really think about, is that it's not just 100 miles. It's 100 miles in the mountains. Like, you go out and you look at the mountains, like the Cascade Mountains, and you look at the mountains out there. Basically, I'm running to the top of, like, three or four of those in the course of this hundred miles. It's not just like a flat road. Right. Where I'm just kind of like you know, just getting along and trying to get to the end. It's like I'm going up a mountain and then come back to the other side. And we talked, you know, last time there was some you know, when you've been out there for a long time and you're kind of dehydrated or you haven't eaten much or slept much, you get into hallucinations and crazy things that are happening. So it and it's a lot of fun for me. I enjoy it. It's kind of like my drug. Yeah. 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 Why, uh, why, why, you know, just take a drug to hallucinate when you could get dehydrated and run, you know, for Heat 15 stroke. hours through the mountains to, to have hallucinations. <laughs> no, not 15. I'm going to be around 24. So don't right. Forget oh, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a lot, I'm going to have a lot longer trip, a yeah. lot longer trip there. And where's the finish line? Uh, the finish line 
in Auburn, California, on the uh, actually finishes on the high school track in Auburn, California. So that's like uh, it's, that's at like twelve hundred feet, I think. So basically, uh-huh. from start to finish, you you're gonna go down five thousand feet, but in the course of that, you climb through a bunch of canyons and through the high country, and it's yeah. I think it's eighteen thousand feet of elevation where you go up, and twenty three thousand feet of elevation down. Yeah. So there's twenty three thousand feet of downhill. There's eighteen thousand feet of uphill. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's uh, that's awesome. So, uh, what kind of shoes do you wear? <laughs> what what's that? What, what kind shoe? of shoe do I wear? Yeah, what shoes do you wear? Oh, I I I knew you were gonna ask me that question, Christy. Because you you <laughs> I love, love shoes. You lo- you <laughs> love shoes. Yeah. Well, if I'm looking at I, right now. The shoes that I'm going to wear are called. Uh, I'm gonna have two pairs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the mont. I'm not going to wear two sh- pairs at once, but I'm going <laughs> to have two pairs during the course of a hundred miles. Uh, I, I'm wearing a pair of Montreal Fluid Flex, they're called, and they're a light shoe, uh, basically that can fold it up into a ball almost because it's so flexible. Yeah. Um, so it's really light and fast. And I'm probably going to use that for the beginning. Although I don't want to go fast, I want to. Like, for me, my pace, by the end of the race, I'm hoping that I can keep about a 14 to 15 minute per mile pace over the, for every yeah. mile for 100 miles. Yeah. So that, that's my goal time. <laughs> which so, I, I which mean, I struggled some, to keep that pace for three miles, but. <laughs> but yeah, some people say that, you know, some people can walk that, can walk that fast. And it's not, I mean, it's not really that easy to keep going when you're going up hills and, yeah. you know, when you're hiking, you're not, you're not hiking at 14 to 15 minutes per mile. Right. It's, it takes you like 20, you know, 20, 25, and you got to make it up on the downhills. Yeah. So I have, um, a pair of those that are like a light, um, shoe, like a, a, they're very light. They're just, they're small. And then I have, uh, Hoka. They're called Hoka One One shoes, and they're uh, the kind that I'm wearing is the Mapa Nui. Uh, those are a more, uh, they're like a, a more of a cushion shoe. So mm. when it gets later in the race, and I've been, my feet have been pounding, you know, the trail for 40 or 50 miles, when I put those on, it's going to feel like I'm wearing pillows in my feet. Yeah, these kind of look like shoe more, Yeah, they're really, they're yeah. really thick. Really, yeah, I know. Um, we yeah. we have a friend, Jonathan, that that mm. run, yeah, runs. Jonathan in Br- yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, I I I've looked him up before. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he runs. He yeah. runs in those hokas. Yeah, he's he's a fast runner too. Um, these, yeah. So they look. I thought they were, when I first got them, I was like, dang, these are gonna be like before I got them. Like everybody wears them. It's like actually, I looked it up uh, on the website. 60% of the people that finished Western States last year were wearing polka shoes. Huh. Oh, wow. Uh, and I think that's because of the padding that it has. Uh, it's a little bit more forgiving on your body. Um, if you can get pat, but they make, you know, shoes are so light nowadays that even it's got this huge, like, heel on it, it still feels pretty, um, 
pretty light to me. I mean, it's not, it's not like a huge clunker of a shoe. It's like, it's still pretty light. So right. that's the other shoe I'm going to wear probably after about 50 miles. You should try maybe one of your shorter races that's not mm-hmm. crazy. You should, uh, you should try and bring your phone or bring like a little digital recorder with you and like record little 15 second updates like every mile or two. <laughs> Just check. I can do that. Check in and, and re- record little check-ins or whatever. And then you can be like mile 70. Uh, I just saw, you know, a, a unicorn run across the trail or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, right. And then we can, we can like track you through the thing. But so you said that you wanted, there's a way for, so this, this show is going to air, uh, right before you are running the race. So probably while people are yeah. listening to this, you will be in the middle of the mountains while some people are listening to it. And you said that there's a yeah. way that they can track your progress on the race. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, such a big race that it's uh, kind of like broadca- broadcast on the internet. If you go to, well, I'll, I'll give you the, the websites that they have. It's uh, if you go to the Western States um, Endurance Run website or just put Western States 100 yeah. in the Google, it'll get it'll get you to the Western States site. But the the live tracking uh, it's called Ultra Live. You it's U L T R A L I V E dot net. Okay. And that you can track all the runners in the race at that. And my number during the race is number three forty-one. Okay. I'll let me, I'll make sure that's right before we're done. But I think it's three forty-one. Yeah. And uh, there's there's also going to be ultrasportslivetv.com. So there's going to actually have some live streaming video from oh, the wow. race. Um, and I think they may have them at different points, like. Uh, I think mile. I don't know exactly what they're gonna have, but yeah. For that, there's spots there where there'll be a camera set up hmm. at an aid station, and that if you watch the camera, you could see somebody come through if you wanted to wait for mm-hmm. the. If somebody really wants to geek out and sit up there and watch the camera until number three forty one comes through, that would be crazy. And um, you should talk to me about ultraman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I we will uh we'll do that and we'll I'll put links to all of it and I'll like tweet it out for people to see and stuff. That's uh that's awesome. And then when 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 you are done running, we'll have to have you back on so you can tell us uh tell us about your experience and how it went. I will, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Starts uh Saturday, next Saturday the 27th. Yeah. At 5 5 a.m. Awesome. It's 5 a.m. <laughs> All right, man. Well, is there is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, Chris, do you have any questions for me? Because you didn't get to talk very much. <laughs> I like to hear you. I like to hear you talk too. Um, I just I just can't believe you do this. <laughs> I can't even ride in a car for a hundred miles. <laughs> you, you you got you guys got to come out sometime and and come to a hundred mile race. I think you guys would probably have fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm I, sure I really enjoyed the one that I came to. I'll I'll bring the recorder out and interview people. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Um, I'm doing another. I'm doing a 24 hour race. I think in August uh-huh. up in Bellingham, and that's just a loop course. So I'm going to be going around in a loop. <laughs> uh, but I've done pretty well on uh, that course before. I've done the 12 hour there twice, and I've won it. I've actually won a race. Um, nice. So I'm gonna do the 24 hour race this year and try to to do over 100 miles. Yeah, yeah. If um, you and 
I was going to say, too, if you want sometimes, you could have Kara come on if you want to ask about, like, crew type stuff. <laughs> the, uh, like, oh, what a crew... Oh. What a crew person goes through, or what a crew person does during that time, or whatever. Ultra, ultra wives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the show. Yeah, or whatever, you know. <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, buddy. Thank you for coming okay. on. Okay. Thanks. I Thanks. appreciate you guys. Well, there you have it. Probably as you are listening to this. I mean, if you're listening to it within a few days of coming out, there's a very good chance that the man you just heard is running through the woods as we speak uh and you can track him online i'll put links to that in the show notes and everything i'm sure that he would uh love that and you can you know i'll tweet out stuff and facebook and all that um because uh we can we can track his progress and then maybe we can hear uh check in with him check it check in with him afterwards so you know with all of the uh god i don't want to say excitement because uh it's not exciting but there's an upheaval in the news uh, this last week or so. We talked a little bit about internet fights and just all the kind of crazy, <laughs> the craziness that's been going on on last week's show. And I wanted to check in with our friend, uh, friend of the show, Jesse Dollimore, to uh, check in with him and see what he thought about a few things. Think critically with Jesse D. We talk about the news of the week. All right. Well, I I wanted to uh, I wanted to actually talk to you about the flag thing too. This uh, the Confederate flag thing. No, oh, yeah, because it's been in the news a bunch today. Mm-hmm. They so they they pulled it. I, I last I saw it was Amazon, eBay, uh, Google like had pulled it off of all of their stores and like advertising all their shopping stuff. No longer selling merchandise with the Confederate flag on it. Yeah, it is. Hang on. I screen grabbed a picture because I'm going to talk about it on the show. Uh, List is getting longer. Here are the companies banning the sale of the Confederate battle flag. eBay, Walmart, Kmart, Sears, Amazon, Valley Forge flags, and Google. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's uh, the market is correcting. Yeah. And those companies are making a decision based on business that... What is worse, the lack of sale, the, the, the sales they will lose in, in, as a result of not selling that product or the potential of sales they would lose if they continue to sell that product and there's a backlash against their company? Yeah. I, listen, I, I don't have any illusions about the fact that they're doing this for a business reason. Yeah. It's not some stand-up moral <laughs> kind of a stand there. You know, they're not, yeah. oh, oh, we're, we're going to take a stand on this. It's not that. They're responding to yeah, pressure. listen, this is Walmart. <laughs> a right. terrible... I haven't shopped... I haven't stepped set foot in a Walmart in many years, and not because I'm awesome, although that very well ostensibly <laughs> could have been the reason. It is because they are a terrible company, and not just how they treat their workers. I'm not some bleeding-heart hippie. Yeah. It's because I don't like to single-handedly support the propping up of what I believe to be an enemy nation, and that's China. Which, if you shop at Walmart, you're filling your house with Chinese-made goods. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not supporting 
our economy here. So, and they almost single-handedly do that. They are a, a probably a fucking trillion dollar company. It's insane the amount of money. They're up there with like ExxonMobil. They're up there with the big boys, the, the oil companies. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think- anyway, yeah, they're, they're doing this for a business reason, not for some, um, altruistic. Yeah. So here's, here's what's kind of crazy to me about this whole thing with the flag is, I, I mean, I, I feel like up until, uh, up until, you know, a couple of days ago, there were more, I mean, there was Confederate flags. It, it was just kind of a thing that was in yeah. a, a lot of places. I mean, even out here in Seattle, it's just, it's not uncommon to see Confederate flag bumper stickers and that kind of stuff or Confederate flags printed on merchandise that's being sold in stores. Like that's, that's not a, uh, it's not a foreign thing. And now all of a sudden, I mean, literally, I feel like this morning it was that way. And, and now, <laughs> you know, not nine o'clock, like it's just no longer a thing. Like, it, well, it, I, here's the deal. I think that, and you're, you're springing this on me. So I don't really have, <laughs> I haven't really given a, mu- a lot of thought. No, that's fine. I, I'm not afraid of formulating opinions on the fly. <laughs> it's kind of what I do, Jeremy. Sure. So, I think this might be one of the positive ramifications of being a society that's quick to outrage. It's also, it's a product, or excuse me, a byproduct of the information age in which we live. Yep. That everybody's on board because of this, this outrage. Everybody is, there were, everybody's in the loop. Had there been a shooting 15 years ago, even, information wouldn't be spread as quickly through Twitter, through Facebook, like it is today. So not everybody would able be able to formulate the same or at least similar opinions as rapidly as we can now. Yeah. And because of that, shit happens very fast. I mean, look at it. Ten years ago, I would have never... I thought that gay marriage was something that was going to be happening maybe, maybe in 20 years. And that was going to be like, ah, I would start to happen. We're getting ready. Maybe tomorrow the Supreme Court is going to be announcing what I believe to be historic decisions relative to gay marriage being across the board good to go. Yeah. And it, it happened w- within four or five years. It was a just a water, just a, a, a flash flood effect mm-hmm. um, of societal change. And I think our, our as a people... We're, we're more comfortable with quick change than we used to be, as evidenced by this Confederate flag thing. thing. Yeah. Even, listen, <laughs> the speaker of the, the, the state house legislature of the state of Mississippi, goddamn Mississippi, where banjo picking is their <sighs> state fucking song. Right. It's their <laughs> anthem of their... <laughs> that's their... I'm making a joke. Terrible joke, by the way. <laughs> but... But... I mean, it's goddamn Mississippi. It, if if you if you take uh, the preponderance of all these different rankings of education and net worth and all these things, they're number fifty or forty nine in almost every single thing. Mm-hmm. The Republican Speaker of the House has announced we want the Confederate element to our state flag, which is very prominent. It looks like the French flag with up in the corner rather than stars like our American flag has. It has the Confederate stars and bars. Mm. And the, the Republican Speaker of the House has said, okay, we need to get rid of that thing. Yeah. And that's just in the last week. That's 
that's yeah. an amazing thing that's happening. So I'm, I look, I'm happy about it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. I've been thinking about it all day. Uh, it's just, it's crazy to me that I'm, I'm wondering, like, is, is just, is this the moment, like this last few, three, four days that we've been <laughs> living in? Is this the moment where all of a sudden Confederate flags became a thing that just people don't do anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> we can only hope. I, I've had, I don't know if you saw because we are Facebook friends, but on my Facebook wall, I shared a funny picture with a, a funny caption about Trump and yeah. equating him to a, a symbol of intolerance and, you know, kind of a backward. Uh, joke about both Trump being an asshole and the Confederate flag being stupid. Yeah. And a large discussion ensued. So people or one person was defending the Confederate flag. Hmm. And there are still a lot of people out there. I was mm -hmm. just listening to CNN and Gary Tuckman or one of their guys is out there uh, interviewing these South Carolina legislature le legislators. Yeah. And they're what you would expect of a white Republican uh, representative. They're, <laughs> right. they're hickish. They're, they're digging in their heels. They're, they're being assholes about it. And there are still fans of the, of the, the Confederate flag out there. So, yeah, I, as much as I would love for that to be the case, what you just said. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I would say, I would say, Probably to those people, you know, look around as you're standing up to defend the Confederate flag. Look, look to your left, look to your right, and and see who's standing around you agreeing with you. And uh, and you tell me if those are the people that you want to cast your lots with. <laughs> that is almost exactly what I told this guy. Oh, really? Is yeah, I said something very similar to that. That you know, well, that's okay. I mean, you should look around. In fact, hang on, you'll have to edit this, but I want to. I want to read exactly what I wrote because it's I saw. it's it's beautiful because you just nailed almost exactly what I told him. This is what I said. So what I told him was, enjoy your enlightenment, Greg. <laughs> Look around at those who share your opinion. I hope you believe you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just you just put forth the exact same thought. Sure. So you know, look, when the two of us can find the same thought we're in it's pretty good because uh, you know we're not the smartest guys right not neither of us are the sharpest knife in the drawer jeremy that's true yeah i'll, gi I'll give you that one uh, so <laughs> since we're since we're talking about it that's the other thing that i wanted to chat with you about tonight the uh i i saw the thread that you spoke of i should say i saw the uh I saw the original picture and then I saw that there was like 40 something comments underneath yeah, it. Yeah. And I was yeah. looking, I was looking on my phone. It was like a, I was waiting in line at Starbucks or something like that. And it wasn't a situation where I had a time to, to dig into it. So I think I like bookmarked or saved the post or probably took a screenshot of it or something to try and remember and go back. But cause I, I always love reading those big long threads, especially when I see like you're involved or, you know, somebody that I know <laughs> kind of. Uh, likes to get in discussions on the internet and sure me and Christy talked a little bit about this last week because Christy and I, although she, she's changing somewhat as a result of conversations that she's had with you, but, um, Christy and I traditionally have had pretty differing opinions of how we handle conflict <laughs> or, or discussions or debate on online. And I know, I know that that's kind of something that you, that's that's your home. <laughs> I mean, having it is, yeah. You know, ha ha having lively discussions on uh, on your Facebook wall is is something that I see quite a bit. 
Well, one, I try to do it very respectfully. It's it doesn't. I don't like when it devolves into a name game, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or a blame game. I'm trying to think of another thing that rhymes with blame or or name, but you know, I I don't want to name call. I want it to be civil. Sure. And that has come about over the last few years, mainly because I'm getting a little older, and I just don't have the energy to call everybody, you know, bad bad names. I, I'll refrain. But uh, in this case. We'll talk specifically about this case. I'm not necessarily looking at changing this guy's mind on his views on the on the Confederate flag. Although, if that happens, that's just a ben- a, a, an ancillary benefit. Mm-hmm. I'm more looking at I'm going to put forth a logical, reasoned plea for my position because I know there's people like you standing in line at Starbucks who mm-hmm. are going to read this, who might be on the fence. Yeah. So it's. The, the Facebook argument, the traditional Facebook argument, isn't necessarily <laughs> to convince that other person, but there's a lot of passive people who aren't taking part, who will see it, because I have had some of these, and the reason that I've, I've become so entrenched on this opinion is because I've had many people contact me via Facebook or email, like friends from high school and throughout my life. And say, hey, thank you for what you you, writ, you wrote there on whatever topic, mm-hmm. because I really wasn't sure, and I I came around to your side. It was awesome. I really appreciate it. So that for me is, oh, that's just that's fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel. I mean, for every for every uh, opinionated windbag that that has you know just made up their mind and will never ever change and digs in their heels and and refuses to refuses to budge or refuses to even have a reasonable conversation about an issue uh, i feel like there are i feel like there are 10 people not saying anything watching the whole conversation go down so well, here here's the other thing is our country is filled with people who are on the fence about everything i don't understand it because i'm not a guy who even considered voting for barack obama either time mm-hmm. i didn't it wasn't even in the cards <laughs> it wasn't even a consideration so i'm i'm a guy who for the most part has my i mean i'm open to change my mind but the facts have to be there for me yeah so but our country is filled to the fucking brim with fence riders with undecided voters and the people who read these kind of facebook threads are largely that type of person undecided voters yeah so you have an opportunity, audience, to change the mind of someone in a profound way if you logically and reasonably discuss something with someone on Facebook rather than just block them or delete them as a friend. Yeah, or, or delete the thread as soon as it gets uncomfortable. Uh, you, you, <laughs> I might just come to your house and slap you silly. I fucking yeah. hate that. You're, that you're a professional <laughs> screenshotter. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, you've seen over the last several yeah. months that I do that. Yeah, and I, it's people don't like it. Well, you have to. You have to do it because yeah. people, as soon as it gets uncomfortable for people, they just nuke the whole thing. They're like, ah. Well, and the I, other thing is, they get more incensed. I stay super calm. Yeah, they know they're looking bad. They know it's going downhill, and then when it ends. <laughs> The, th- the whole thing gets deleted or they'll go through and just delete their comments. So all of my comments are now out of out of context. And right. It looks like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, Jesse, what would your, as somebody that's, I mean, you've been, uh, you've been in this game for, for a while, this game being, having discussions using various social media channels. Um, what, what would you say, like, are some big things that you've learned, you know, like obviously being aware to not let it devolve into name calling that kind of stuff. But what would your, what would your like tips for the, uh, for, for the newbie or somebody that's wanting to dabble in, uh, in, in online discussions like this, what would your tips to them be? Well, I would, I would avoid without getting too in depth. It's not like I have some, some hard and fast written (laughs) down strategy, but I would avoid, I would avoid logical fallacies that are easy to pick apart. I would, if you're going to, I would cite what you're saying with sources and with information. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do that, don't go to the mindunleash.com or, or hightimes.com or uberfacts.com. Go to a (laughs) reputable source. Yeah. Like Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even (laughs) Wikipedia would be fine. Even that is fine. When, when compared to like infowars.com, these conspiracy sites. So it would be, Avoid logical fallacies. Cite your information with what you're saying so if people can verify it. They can start doing their own research based on some of the things you've said. And then thirdly, keep it civil, even if you have to force yourself. And look, I'm not perfect. I I am a guy who, you know, Brittany reigns me in a lot. Even on the show, she reigns me in. But it's even I have to check myself and make sure that I'm not being super biting or sarcastic or shitty with them mm-hmm. because it shuts down the conversation. All all they do, it's just they dig their heels in because it looks like you're digging your heels in. Now, with this conversation with my buddy, Greg, this is a guy I was in the Marine Corps with, so we have a relationship that spans, you know, a couple of decades. So we we were biting back and forth like Marines will do with one another. So I I felt I had a little latitude to be a little shitty and sarcastic with him. But normally I try to keep it, you know, very tame, very civil. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that makes sense. And, you know, I people get upset a lot about, you know, this like, I don't know, they call it like a culture of outrage or they they think that everybody's just looking to to pick a fight. And and I, I would agree with that to a certain extent that there is there is some of that that goes on. And I know that it it. On on the <laughs> on the plus side, at least for me personally, it causes me to really think through what I'm saying and what I put out there, and <laughs> pick my words very carefully. Try and you know remain as objective as possible, or or at least at least be aware of the the words that I'm choosing, and how they might affect other people. Uh, well, here, but- here's here's the other thing, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it, I just had this epiphany. The the other thing is, and, and this is a way to not get inflamed in the conversation is you need to separate yourself from what you believe. If just because someone believes the things that I believe are dumb, they don't mean I'm dumb. They just think what I believe is dumb. Just because someone doesn't believe like I do relative to religion doesn't mean they think I'm stupid. They just don't believe what I believe. And it's the same goes the other way. Just because I believe that believing that the creator of the universe, the only way to create a salvation plan for mankind was to have a blood human sacrifice. Just because I think that's stupid and childish and wacky doesn't mean that I think all Christians are stupid. Yeah. So 
just because your opinion is being challenged doesn't mean you're being challenged. It's just what you believe. It's not you. Yeah. 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 I think people can definitely take it, can take it super personally and can go off the rails pretty quickly. I, I mean, the thing that I, I think that a great example of, you know, and, and I mean, you, you put, you mentioned it earlier, but a, a great example of good that could come from this, I guess, I guess you could call it good, even if maybe it's for <laughs> questionable reasons is going back <laughs> to the whole, uh, thing with the Confederate flag. Like you said, it's one of the, you know, potential positive <laughs> side effects of this, uh, culture of people that are that are so quick to be outraged or quick to be upset about yeah. something yeah you know so i don't i don't know i i can see both sides of it but i can definitely see i feel like there's so many benefits to the fact that we live in a society where you know it's it's so easy for people to share information now it's so oh, yeah. it's so easy and you know there's there's downsides to that but i think that the the good you know, outweighs, outweighs the bad in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've made a decision on whether it's, I think it might be where it kind of at 50, 50 right now, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We're so new. We're so new with all of this. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager to, to step into the future and see what's in store for us all. Um, shit. I just turned off my cable, man. The future yeah. is here. I'm a cord cutter officially. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no. I'm uh I'm I'm waiting for what's in store technologically. Yeah. It's goddamn awesome. Yeah. What a time to be alive, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> what a time. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, until next time. I will see you. I will okay. see you then. All right, sounds good. Thank you, uh thank you, Jesse. Yeah, man. Always good to talk. All right, brother. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening, for uh, bearing with me through this solo experiment. It feels extremely weird to just be sitting in a room by myself, talking into a microphone. But uh, in a way, you're all with me. And uh, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I don't feel alone when I have all of you in my heart. So, so there you have it. Chris is a great example of the kind of person that we want to talk to on the show. We want to find people that have things that they nerd out about, the stuff that they're passionate about. So, uh, you know, guys, if you have somebody that you know, like if, if you really nerd out about something or you have a friend or somebody in your life that nerds out about something, uh, let us know because we would... We would love to hear from them. And of course, you can do that at our website, uh, nerdoutloudpod.com. We have a little anonymous message box thing on there, so you can send us a message. You can email us. You can Facebook us, tweet us, text us, call us. It's all available on the website, and that's nerdoutloudpod.com. All of our shows are on there as well, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. On next week's show... I'm pretty excited about it. We have, uh, it's going to be the, the meat free, <laughs> meat free extravaganza. Uh, we're going to talk to a couple people that are, uh, living that vegan life, as they say in, the, in the business, I guess. Um, you know, uh, some vegans, some loved ones of vegans. It's something that I'm kind of interested in. 
maybe heading that direction for some reasons. And I know everybody has different reasons for it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, if you guys have anything to say about this show or next week's show or other show ideas, we would love to hear from them. Uh, let us uh, make your dream a reality. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, anyway, we'll let you go, guys. Have a great, <laughs> have a fantastic week. Uh, and with that, never wait for your co-hosts to get off work. <laughs> Let your nerd flag fly!